You're listening to the 514 Football Podcast with Joey, Jeff, Mike, and Frank. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the 514 Football Podcast, and uh, we're going to break down the Montreal Alouettes' big win over the Toronto Argonauts on Friday night at Percival Molson Stadium. They win 37-16. The Owls now in first place in the East Division, and uh, we'll go around the table because we do have four quote-unquote experts. I'm Joey Alfieri. I do work for TSN 690, but uh, I've been sitting in the seats at uh, Percival Molson Stadium for, uh, I guess, almost two decades now with uh, these gentlemen who are joining me today. Let's start with uh, my dad. It's a family affair. Frankie, what's going on? Good morning, young man. How are you today? Doing well, doing well. Excited to work with you. Uh, His son, my brother, Jeffrey. Jeff, what's up? Favorite son, Jeff. Here I am. Hello, everyone. Favorite son. Uh, he's uh, good in math and science. We'll see if he knows about football. And uh, not uh, a brother, but uh, grew up as a brother. A cousin, former Concordia Stingers offensive lineman, Michael Gravino. Mikey, what's up? Hey, Joey. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. So between the four of us, uh, two of us have sort of played football. Jeffrey played uh, one year as tight end for was that what was that Laval, what was it Patriots? The Cowboys de Laval. Cowboys de Laval <laughs> and uh, Mikey played uh, Montmorency and uh, and Concordia. So uh, so two of us have experience, but only one of us uh, really does. Uh, guys, okay, let's jump into it right away. Let's start with our game balls. I know we all want to hand out uh, a game ball to uh, a player or uh, a facet of the game. Um, why don't we start with? Uh, Mikey, uh, Mike, where do you want to go for your game ball? I'll beat the Argos 37-16. Such, such a good all-around game for all three units uh, here we, that we had on Friday. But I really have to give it to the offensive line. They're coming in banged up, missing a lot of guys. Uh, we had Kissam Matt coming in as a third-string snapper, and that's really hard to do uh, just coming in like that um, with not that much experience snapping the ball because it's really – we have to call out the defense and see what's going on. Uh, so I have to give it to the offensive line. Uh, stand back ran for 203 yards, so you can't do that without those guys. Some of those lanes were wide open for him, so definitely have to give it to them. Uh, they only gave up three sacks, and a lot of those sacks were either coverage sacks or just Matthew Schultz running into guys. So um, offensive line is my pick for the game ball. Surprise, surprise. The former offensive lineman uh, takes the uh, offensive line. I like it, though. Uh, game ball goes to the guys who don't necessarily get – uh, the most recognition and uh, Frankie, maybe you want to jump in here just before you give your game ball. But I think uh, important to note, Mikey mentioned uh, Christian Matt, who played uh, at uh, guard all year. He's moved around, I think, between the two spots there a couple of times this year. But uh, the fact that he actually had some experience at center and they moved calendar in to right tackle, Landon Rice moved right. from right tackle to right guard. Uh, Matt jumped in. They were already missing uh, Phil Gagnon. Uh, so they had Foucault at uh, left guard, and then they brought in uh, Tony Washington, who seemed to be a little bit healthier. Uh, but the offensive line actually played well, Dad. Yeah, you know, they um, uh, for for William Standback to get 203 yards rushing, uh, they they opened up some big holes for him, and uh, they uh, like like Michael said, uh, like Michael said before, the. Um, even though they had to they had to shift the line quite a bit after uh, Brown got hurt, um, they didn't skip a beat, and uh, the holes were there for Standback to take, and uh, he took um, he took full advantage to them. Uh, the sacks that they they gave up, um, we found at least that a couple of them McCoyle was uh, was offside, yeah. and 
Uh, when I rewatched the game, he did look offside. How the officials missed that, I don't know. But uh, yeah, no, they did. Uh, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, and uh, look at that. We're uh, what are we, less than five minutes in, and uh, Frankie already taking a shot uh, at the officials. Okay, uh, Dad, why don't you go with uh, your game ball then? If Mikey's giving it to the offensive line, where do you want to go with your game ball? Well, you know, it it was a it's a toss up, and um, I was thinking of uh, David Menard, who yeah. is just um, who is just Lovely. playing uh, lights out on uh, on at defensive end for uh, for the Owls. And I was thinking of Money Hunter. His, uh, you know, it seemed as if when he uh, intercepted that ball in the um, second quarter, things kind of uh, things kind of changed, things kind of shifted, and uh, the momentum seemed to have swung our, our way. And uh, from that moment on, we never lost it. So uh, I'll I'll go to uh, I'll go with uh, with Money Hunter okay. as We're my gonna... game ball. All right, uh, Frankie, Dad, you were giving it to uh, Money Hunter with uh, honorable mention to David Menard. Uh, Jeff, why don't we go to you? Uh, by the way, Jeff, you're the only one watching on TV on Friday night. Was not in the building, but I know you watched. Uh, where'd you want to go with your game ball? Yeah, I had a little bit of a different perspective from everybody in the in the stands. Thanks for yeah. that a little bit of a shout there. But you know what I really like from? Oh, hold I, really... I just want to say though that we, the replay angles and the replays at Molson Stadium, you were texting more. You gave us more insight watching on TV than we had from the replay monitors because it's just brutal at the stadium. Yeah, Sorry to cut you off, go ahead. I'm not really surprised at all. But um, yeah, so as I was uh, trying to say there, but I really liked from this guy was Matthew Schiltz. You know, sometimes you have the backup quarterback who comes in and he wants to do too much. He thinks it's his time to shine. He wants to be the guy coming up. And he just played, in my mind, a picture-perfect game. Yeah. Nothing too flashy. He managed the game extremely well. He finished 12 of 18, 212, 212 yards passing. He threw those two TDs to Eugene Lewis. 11.8 yards per attempt, which is the second highest of any QB in the week. And when you think about it, he had, I think, two drops to Winicky yeah. that he should have definitely had. He had that right, one man. gray one that he had, then he fumbled, mm -hmm. and then uh, he fumbled later, and then they called it back incomplete. That's another one. So he technically should have been 15 of 18. Um, I think one of Winicky's would have been a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. I agree. Uh, the big one. Both, and then, yeah. um, so like I said, he didn't try and do too much. He was uh, he managed the game extremely well. And uh, I think outlook for the rest of his career might not be a high-end QB, but you know what? High-end backup quarterback, it's important to have. Yeah. Vernon goes down again. I think we could be confident to Matthew uh, going forward. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I guess we'll get into that in uh, a little bit after we finish handing out the game balls here. We'll look at, uh, you know, can Trevor Harris ever get in? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, but you mentioned he was 12 of 18. He should have been 15 of 18. I think it's even more impressive, guys, when, uh, you look at the way they started in the first quarter. I think we checked the stats that, right? It was, he was one of yeah. four for 12 yards. Mm -hmm. and if, back. That means if he's 15 right. of 18, that means that if they don't drop those passes, he doesn't throw an incompletion the rest of the way. The first three incompletions were in the, were in the quarter dad. So I know if you look at the numbers, what was it, Jeff? You said two twelve. he finished with? Yeah, 12. Yeah, 212 dad. So he finishes with two twelve. Those are, if you look at, if you didn't watch the game and you look at the numbers, you're saying, okay, they're game manager numbers, but without the drops that Jeffrey's talking about that, it's probably close, maybe not 300, but he's well, over 250, close. over 250. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the one that Winicky dropped would long. have been, oh, it would have been long because yeah. it would have been a, uh, a, a catch and a catch and wow. run that, that would have exceeded over 60 yards. I think so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, and Mike, uh, again, I know, again, we're talking about game manager numbers, but he did take some shots down the field, Mike. And I know where you were sitting in section X, you probably had a better view than we did. Uh, my dad and I were on the North side. 
uh, watching the game, but the uh, the tug on the dreads of the Argo uh, defensive back there by Gino Lewis that was very very sneaky. Do you have a good view of that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was exactly. It was right in front of me. As soon as the touchdown happened, I got a text uh, from Frankie saying, "Was there PI <laughs> instead of uh, let's go?" You know, so uh, uh, yeah, it was a very sneaky. Uh, but Gino, you know, he does everything to win. He's a gamer, so yeah. uh, that was a great catch too. Uh, and even when he was wide open for that long touchdown, too, what a route! Like he's yeah. a great route runner as well. And um, I saw like all the touchdowns on my side. I was very lucky. Uh, finally, I got to see some touchdowns at home because uh, the first few few game home games, uh, I think I only saw one touchdown in all of those games. So yeah. Well, look, yeah, I think he, I guess he ran a post on the second one, but he was just kind of like alone uh, in the uh, in the middle of the field. I'm not sure what the breakdown in coverage was for the Argos. Uh, so. Uh, Jeff, you're giving your game ball to Schultz. Uh, that leaves me. I could have gone with Geno Lewis, but I feel like the receivers get uh, a lot of love and we'll probably have a chance to give them some love uh, over the next couple weeks here. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Aki. Aki with the two quarterback sacks. He had the interception yes. on the uh, on the two-point convert, which you know at the time uh, was relatively big. Uh, and uh, just, it's, it's funny, like a few weeks ago, we were talking about how the linebackers just weren't making these big explosive plays and they had the, the defense had that terrible game plan going into Toronto where they just, they were rushing two guys. They had a spy and they weren't really getting after Bethel Thompson. They lost a close game by three since then the following week, the Hamilton game, I feel like Chris Aki has been making plays closer to the line of scrimmage and behind the line of scrimmage. And I don't know who wants to jump in here, Jeff, Mikey, dad, whoever wants to jump in, just take it. But I feel like when you can get Aki closer to the line of scrimmage making plays, it changes the outlook of the defense. It's not to say that it all revolves around him, uh, Jeff, but I feel like when Aki's closer to the line of scrimmage making plays like that, I mean, you spend big money to bring in a Canadian linebacker and you basically didn't really use him uh, to his strengths at the beginning of the season. And now you finally are. And the Baron Miles defense looks a lot better for it. Just a ratio breaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got green Chris Aki in there. If you're able to rush four guys and then you're able to bring in that fifth guy afterward, Aki was able to pressure the quarterback. I think if we could keep this going the rest of the season, the Alouettes was biggest issue for as long as I can remember the last few years was pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. It was John Bowman and nobody else for who knows. I can't remember how many years. So now we're getting a bunch of different guys coming in. Aki from the from the second level to be able to put pressure, and it's gonna be huge down the stretch. Yeah, Thomas is uh, Thomas has also improved as uh, as middle linebacker. He's looked better in the last few games. He seems to be around the ball a lot more. But but that 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 whole unit the the seems to have um, they they seem to have transformed uh, ever since uh, Jamal Davis uh, was uh, was yeah. uh, put into the lineup. He this this kid. Uh, pushes back those offensive linemen. Uh, it's it, it, it's something to see, uh, and and the push that he gets, the push that Sewell gets, and Sewell takes up two guys, uh, basically creates lanes for guys like Aki and 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 Thomas and and levels to come in. They 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 always seem to be either getting to the quarterback or disturbing the quarterback's rhythm. And and look, Thompson. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, if I'm not mistaken, hadn't thrown a pick all year. Is that is, is that right? I'm, uh, I don't know. I know he had four when it was all said and done. No, that's right. Now. Yeah, he had four on uh, Friday. But if if memory serves me correctly, I, I thought I saw a stat somewhere stating that he had eight 
eight TD passes, but zero interceptions. So uh, no, he, uh, had, he has six now. So he had two. He had two. He had two. Into, okay. Uh, My bad. Two going all into right. the game. No, no, it's all good. Okay, well, which isn't which isn't much, but yeah, uh, still they 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 seem to have disrupted his uh, rhythm. He was uh, he spent a lot of time on his backside. He, uh, you know, they, they they did a great job. Speaking of uh, Patrick Levels, I'll give him a nice little shout out, taking a yeah. little roughing the passer penalty on him. <laughs> <laughs> I take that shot. I was like, you know what? Not the end of the world. Instead of having the ball at the six, he'll take it at the three. And he gave him yeah. a nice shot at the end there. So I was like, you know what? I'll give it to him. Yeah. But uh, the thing that kind of uh, has me a little bit worried, Mike, and we saw it in Toronto. It's funny. Uh, my dad and I were sitting with uh, with one of, the, one of our friends that we brought to the game. And uh, it was second and 17 at that point. And I turned over to the friend, uh, read that, and I said, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, Toronto converted second and 17 and second and 20 the last time they played. And right. look, it's not, it, again, the Argos do have some playmakers on offense. It's just him running for 17 plus yards. I wasn't expecting a Bethel Thompson to do that, Mike. Uh, but I think overall, it, it was a point of the game where, you know, it was late enough. The Owls had a, a big lead and uh, yeah, I don't know. They have a hard time defending the Argos and the, uh, and second and uh, and very very long, Mike. No, for sure. And uh, you know, definitely the best players are definitely gonna make plays no matter how you play the defense. So uh, at that moment in time, it was a big play, and he just came through. It's definitely gonna happen, and uh, doesn't necessarily mean that it was a breakdown on defense. It's just that players are gonna make plays. Yeah, but uh, so, Jeff's right. Yeah, sorry, Dad. Go ahead. And uh, someone once said, you know, they're paid to make plays too. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, Mikey used to say that a lot. Uh, when uh, he used to get beat, we will not uh, mention any names. Mike, in fairness, you didn't get beat often. Uh, and the, the times that I came anyways. And plus, every time you showed me your film, you only showed me the highlight reel. So I never saw the, uh, I never saw the, the plays where uh, you may have struggled a little bit. Uh, so, guys, we've uh, handed out the game balls. Uh, I guess we'll go around the table here. Uh, the obvious question right now is, uh, you know, they made this trade. Uh, for Trevor Harris, uh, they gave up Antonio Simmons last week, the defensive end, to get him. And I like what you mentioned there uh, before, Frankie, when you were talking about Jamal Davis. I think a big reason why they were comfortable shipping Antonio Simmons, who's played well when healthy, hasn't been healthy a lot, mm -hmm. but when he was healthy this year, uh, he actually did play uh, pretty well. Had a couple sacks against Edmonton, I think, the first week of the season. I seem to remember that. Yeah. But I think Jamal Davis coming in and playing, getting that push on the end, uh, and being so consistent, I think there's that. That's a big reason why they were comfortable trading Simmons. And uh, I think that they have some guys on the neg list, based on what I'm hearing, uh, okay. that uh, that they're comfortable bringing in next year. They think they have some talented guys. Uh, Mike, you want to jump in? Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, trading Simmons, uh, just because yeah. Davis was playing so well, that's a big point too. But also, Davis is a lot more disciplined. He's taking a lot bad, a lot less bad penalties than yeah. Simmons. So I think it was just an overall good trade and good move by Danny Mac. Okay, so that's so that kind of leads me to my next question, Mike. I'll stick with you. Uh, I'm imagining that for Saturday night, uh, I think Trevor Harris is going to be able to dress, but I mean, we're all going back to Schultz here, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. no choice. Uh, you, 100%. you got Matthew Schultz that goes in against the number one team in the in the division, uh, and he pulls out a performance like that. You have to go back to him. You have yeah, to. Yeah, he, he takes care of the ball. I know there was the interception late, uh, right, Dad, in, uh, in Ottawa, where oh, he and mm -hmm. the receiver, they just they weren't on the same page, and it's a throw that he probably wants back, but it didn't end up uh, hurting them at all. Um, but uh, he's managing the game real well, but they are pushing the ball uh, down the field like we talked about before uh, right that's all listen I think it's important to realize that in the CFL and football in general things can change in a hurry uh, right Pop but 
Uh, yep. Right now, I think at least going into Saturday night, Saskatchewan team that beat Calgary by three uh, last night, or they were recording Sunday morning, so uh, on Saturday night. Um, but I think Schultz deserves the benefit of the doubt here. I think it's pretty obvious. The um, you don't fix what's not broken. This uh, this young man stepped into um, uh, he said he was uh, brought in in Hamilton when uh, Vernon hurt his uh, ankle or foot and uh, played very well. He uh, came in against Ottawa, late drive, got us the winning drive, winning TD, uh, went, to, went to Ottawa where it wasn't easy to play, his, um, his first complete game, and uh, he did very well. And on Friday night against the team that was first in our division, uh, like uh, Jeff said before, he managed the game really, really well, didn't shoot himself or put his team, didn't shoot himself in the foot or put his team in a hole and protected the ball really well. And th those numbers could have been uh, much better if, if there weren't any drop passes. But no, you go back with uh, with Matthew Schultz, I agree. Yeah, I think it's obvious. And uh, we had heard in the post game on the uh, on the drive home that, uh, you know, people were asking Schultz, like, if he deserved to start again. I, I don't, I mean, I guess you have to ask, the question needs to be asked, but I thought it was, uh, it was kind of obvious to me that they're going to go back to Schultz. Mm -hmm. and look, again, like it's one thing to go into Ottawa and beat Ottawa. I still think it's impressive. You know, that's your first win. You don't have a ton of starting experience, uh, Jeff, but to do it at home against Toronto where first place is on the line, uh, the Toronto defense playing pretty well. Enoch Wamba was back in the lineup. He made some plays. Uh, they got off to a slow start. I, they had a three-touchdown second quarter. I, I mean, I don't remember the last time uh, they had three touchdowns uh, in a quarter in a, you know, in a close game there. But, uh, but still, Schultz, I mean, you gave him uh, your game ball. The only thing that kind of uh, worries me was, uh, I don't know, Vernon's been doing the quarterback sneaks, and I feel like he's half-decent at them, was a backup uh, for a long time. Schultz, it becomes uh, a little bit more... Uh, difficult there they didn't have Shea Patterson try one on third and goal from the one they gave they handled the ball off to uh to stand back but I think the interesting thing about the the combination of quarterbacks and running back that the Alouettes have is that both quarterbacks are mobile uh so Schultz the real interesting thing is I mean the teams know that he can you know that he can move and he can run he, he didn't really exploit that against the Argos so I wonder if that's not something that maybe they want to use a little bit more uh, against the riders uh, to slow down that pass rush, you know, the quarterback draw uh, or the play action, you know, the RPO. Uh, maybe you want to use that a little bit more because Schultz actually moves pretty well. Dare we say that he's sneaky athletic as a poor quarterback? We have to say that about but a we have quarterback. To say who can run. No, honestly, I think teams are keying in. I think Ottawa, when he came in off the bench, they probably weren't prepared for his legs. And uh, he exploited that on that game winning drive. Uh, the second game last week, he still was able to use his legs on a couple of court on a quarterback draw. He ran really well, and I think maybe Toronto was more prepared for it than uh, than Ottawa was uh, looking at some film. But yeah, I just really like what Matthew Schultz is doing. I really don't. I think Machatra brought in Trevor Harris as another insurance just in case something happened. Because I think if Schultz went down, it would uh, the season would basically be over, and they needed something just in case. But uh, yeah, I, I just uh, I don't know what else to say about Matthew. He just it was a picture perfect game I think uh, yesterday, and I'm very comfortable with him moving forward. The other thing I want to talk about is yeah. third and one call that they handed off to stand back. I think you're right. I don't think they're extremely comfortable with Matthew taking the sneaks with the game on the line. Yeah. Well, not the game on the line that's scenario, but taking the sneaks with such a high and uh, third and one situation. So they handed off to stand back, and he was uh, on TV. The angle was weird. He kind of got stood up at the line. I'm like, is he in? Is he not in? And the referee kind of took his time putting his arms up. 
But then on the replay, you clearly saw that he uh, he crossed over the line. It was a nice call, and I'm happy Carr went for it on third down. I think the Alouettes should be doing that more often, in my opinion, around midfield and the, or like just over midfield, third down, anything short or medium. I think they should be going for it. Yeah, uh, that and I, from where we were sitting, we were close to that goal line also. Uh, we actually thought Steinbach was in on second down because uh, mm -hmm. it looked like he fell on an Argo defender. But anyway, they didn't give it to him. And you said, you, I text, that's one of the times I texted, you said it, it wasn't conclusive. No, his I forearm was down and the ball was short at one point. Yeah. So we handed out game balls. Uh, we've talked about uh, Schultz. We didn't really talk about uh, Steinbach. Uh, too, too much uh, just yet, uh, considering that's the second time he runs for 203 yards. He did it in July 2019 uh, against uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. That was a week, if I remember correctly, that was a week after the Tiger Cats pounded the Owls in Hamilton. So they came back, uh, ran it big time. Uh, Listen to uh, uh, the post game, like I said, on TSN 690. And uh, my buddy John Still was interviewing Steinbach at halftime and said, you know, he asked them, how do you uh, close the game down in the second half? Uh, and uh, Steinbeck said we keep running the ball down their throat, and that's that's what they did, right, Mike? Like you, you have that perspective. You played on the offensive line. Uh, the holes were clearly there, but Steinbeck is—I don't want to get carried away here—but he's the Canadian Football League version of Derrick Henry. It just takes him a little bit longer to get to top speed, uh, but when he gets top speed on that 65-yard run up the right sideline, he's incredibly tough to stop, Mike. Yeah, even uh, in between the tackles, he, he's such yeah. a strong runner on his feet. He's so hard to tackle, and and he's he's going to give it his all every time. You know, he never wants to go down. He always wants to get those extra yards. You see that often uh, uh, all throughout the season in his career with the Alouettes. It's it's incredible how hard he is to tackle. And when he does get open, like Derrick Henry, he really could get away fast, like we saw against Toronto this weekend. Yeah, so there's a couple, there's a couple uh, long runs. Yeah, Jeff, you want to jump in? Yeah, I'm not sure if anybody uh... – Got to figure out who it was on the Argos. I, I went back and watched it. I know who what you're going to say. Go ahead. But uh, on that 65-yard run, somebody pretended to jump out on from the sideline onto the field to cut him off there. And I thought that was a very cheap play. And I was surprised that nobody on any panel, nobody, no one's really caught wind of it on the teams online, but no one's called out who it was. But in my opinion, that deserves to be some sort of punishment from the CFL, at least a fine. We saw in the NFL Mike Tomlin do something kind. He was actually on the field, Tomlin, when it happened, and it interfered with the play. But I thought that was absolutely hogwash and that yeah. he should definitely get some sort of a reprimand from the league for that and standback didn't complain about it but you texted me you saw it on tv i obviously i didn't see it It was on the opposite sideline in front of the argo bench but it was a player uh, he was tall he had an argo jacket on so i'm assuming he was trying to stay warm to me watching it very quickly it looked like it was boris Beatty. And that's what I thought. Who, who faked like he was going to jump in front of Standback, and he, he didn't actually do it. But still, that's something that uh, I don't know if Standback slows down there or not. Probably not. Uh, it I don't know like if Standback didn't even play. notice it. He was it looked like yeah. he was just going straight. It didn't look yeah. like he noticed it at all. But I I saw that and I was like, oh, that yeah. doesn't look good. And nobody really picked up on it. Yeah, uh, Dad. The other thing that was uh, it kept coming up uh, in our section there when we were watching. Uh, why not the screen to uh, ease up the uh, the, yeah. uh, the Argo pass rush? And uh, if that's that's one thing that they have to work on standback with. I mean, I don't know how much he can get better at it, uh, catching passes out of the backfield. But that's kind of the only thing uh, where he, the only you know the only thing in his game that's lacking right now. He's so far ahead of everybody else when it comes to the uh, the lead uh, in the, in CFL rushing. He missed last week uh, because of food poisoning. He missed the week before for the rib. So I'm curious, do you still want 
Artis Payne, who was out with an illness as well this week, and stand back on the field or on the game day roster at the same time, would you have two uh, American running backs? Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. Um, Artis Payne brings um, another dimension to, um, to the Alouette's backfield. He's a different type runner. Um, he can uh, pass catch um, better than, than stand back. And um, look, in 2019, with Stanback and Jeremiah Johnson, that was a, that was a heck of a duo. Yeah. And um, I, I don't see why um, they can't replicate that with uh, Stanback and Artis Payne. No, 100%. The, the other thing I wanted to mention to you, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> did any of you guys watch the game last night between the Rough Riders and the Stampeders? No, I had, uh, I had a CF Montreal okay. broadcast. I didn't see it. I just well, saw the final well, score and I saw the box it, score. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do on, on Saturday personally. And I don't have stats in front of me, yeah. so I don't know how the rough riders run defenses, yeah. but uh, their pass defense is solid. And uh, I was texting uh, Michael at one point and they picked off Bo Levi at least three or four times, yeah, three, I, times. I, they, three times uh, last night. And, uh, you know, Schiltz may have a difficult time with that. So they, they may need to turn to uh, stand back. They may need to, uh, is, is Artis Payne uh, on a, on a one game? Uh, yeah. is, is he out for one game? Or yeah, is he yeah it was an one? illness. Well, it was an illness. So I don't know exactly. Okay. We'll see when they get uh, back to practice. This, it would be, it would be interesting to see if they'll bring both in because they, they may need to diversify the offense a bit because their, their DBs and linebackers are lights out. Uh, they're, they're, they're really, they're, they, they impressed me last yeah. night. And, and if I'm not mistaken, two of them were, were playing their first game and yeah. they're the ones that, uh, that, that I think got interception two and three. Yeah, um, so, Kadeem Carey on the ground yesterday, the running back for Calgary, had 15 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. So uh, he's averaging 4.1 uh, per carry. I, I think, Mike, where things kind of get interesting now, um, yeah, and you're talking about the guys who got the interceptions in the secondary. There was uh, Jacob Dearborn for uh, for them. Damon Webb had an interception, and Jeremy Clark uh, had a yeah. pick two uh, for the Riders. Those, so yeah, that was two and three. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So uh, so Mike, I think where things get interesting now, if you want to slow down the Owls' offense, and, and you can speak to this a little bit, Mike. Uh, at some point, you want to force Montreal to throw. Uh, and because they stick with the run a lot, like at one point, right before the 65 yard run, uh, I looked at that. I said, man, the run's getting a little bit predictable. And then he ripped off 65. So they stick with it uh, quite a bit. And it's one thing when you're up, you can stick with the run at a certain point, Mike, they might have to pass their way to a victory. Do you think they can do that? They have such a good and diverse wide receiving core that uh, I think it's really in the top in the CFL right now. And uh, I think with Stanback, we could feed them until they try to stop the run too much. But with those wide receivers that we have, I, th- I don't see any trouble going uh, to the pass, uh, really. It's just about the quarterback getting the ball into their hands. I think Matthew Schultz has been doing a good job of that. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, are you concerned at all? Uh, Cunningham's on the six-game injured list. I know... Uh, the first two uh, targets went to uh, Reggie White Jr. He didn't come up with either of them, and, and none of them were his fault. Um, but, I don't know, Winicky doesn't worry me. I know there's three big drops in the last uh, two games, um, so I'm not concerned. I feel like he's going to make plays uh, at a certain point. Uh, but, uh, Jeff, what did you, uh, you want to add there about the receiving? Well, 
I like that they went to Reggie White early. You get the guy off the practice squad up early to see what he can do with the ball yeah. in his hands a little uh, little right in the early in the game with the nerves out of him. Like you said, it didn't really work out, but it kind of uh, helped the Alouettes maybe in the second half. I'm not quite sure there. But the only thing I'm worried about here is if we go early in the season, what I think the game plan against the Alouettes, what it's going to be now is stop the run and make yeah. sure throw. And I think early in the year, a game against Hamilton, they did that so well in Montreal where I think Stanback, they looked like every time he touched the ball, he was getting hit in the backfield and yeah. Vernon just couldn't get anything going through the air. And I think that's what it's going to be against the Saskatchewan. But you know what? I have confidence that Kahari, even I think he's scheming guys open a lot more. Guys are getting uh, the ball, uh, balls in space. Without BJ, I think he's like that guy on second down that they look to quite a bit to try and get a first down or get the, the drives a little spark. It's going to have to be Jake. It's going to have to be Gino. And it looks like they're going to be peppering Quan Bray a little bit more. So uh, we're going to see. I have the confidence. You know, Gino, uh, Gino's that 50-50 contested ball guy that when he's on his game, he just looks like he's going to come down with it. Uh, and that um, he got that first touchdown yesterday, where uh, yesterday on uh, Friday night, where he yeah. that was that 50-50 one that he said, no, this one's mine. I'm going to throw you off to the side. But I think Kahari's going to do a good job scheming guys open. It'll be up to Massey to find them and hit them, uh, hit them in stride. Frank, you want to jump in there? Yeah, I do. And uh, there, there's, there's one young man we, uh, we tend to forget, but in the last few games, Julian Grant's yeah. been there. Julian Grant's been there. He's, he's made some nice catches and he's ripped off some extra yards after the catch. Um, let, let's not forget Julian Grant. And uh, I liked what I saw of Reggie White Jr. on, uh, on Friday. I think he's going to add an, another dimension, a speed dimension to that uh, receiving corpse that, um, th that we don't get with B.J. Uh, Cunningham. So, uh, you know what? Uh, I, think the I, I think the receivers are going to be just fine if they, uh, if they give Matthew the time to, uh, to, to find his receivers or to get his receivers opened. I, I think we'll be just fine there. But the, the key, I believe, and this is this is in my humble opinion, 20, 25 handoffs to uh, to, to stand back, and uh, I, I think uh, I think we'll be just uh, we'll, we'll do just fine on Saturday. Mike, you want to jump in? Yeah, talking about Reggie White Jr. coming off the practice uh, roster, uh, he was blocking very well on the run. He was definitely getting involved we when go. we were giving yeah. the ball to Stanback, and and that's what you want to see from wide receivers. A lot of guys, from when they're away from the play, they just jog or or they do their route, um, and you really want to see guys get involved, and especially in the second level and the third level there. It really uh, makes it easy for Stanback to break out and get those 65-yard runs. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, Julian Grant, that I, I think it's important. I mean, if you look at the numbers, I don't even – I don't know if you guys have it in front of you what he finished with. Uh, no. It wasn't – it, look, it wasn't a lot, but I'll say this. Uh, we were talking about the play where Geno Lewis scored the touchdown, the second touchdown where he ran free. I'm uh, pulling up the numbers. Julian Grant, it was catch. one catch, oh, one for 17. Um, but the play before Geno Lewis ran free into the end zone in the middle of the field, uh, the throw before that was the throw to the wide side uh, uh -huh. from Schiltz to Grant that looked like it was going to be picked off. And Grant, in traffic, came back to the ball and caught the ball because if the Argos get to that ball, it's pick six going the other way. And it's a very, very different game. I, I know it's one catch. But that was a huge, huge catch. And yep. uh, to me, it was a Geno Lewis touchdown with an assist uh, that goes to uh, Julian Grant on the play before because that was, uh, that was a significant play that could have – I mean, that's, that could have been a – you know, instead of you getting seven on the next play, uh, the Argos could have gotten seven, Jeff, and uh, it would have really changed the, uh, the outlook of the rest of the game. 
Yeah, I, I like Grant. He's that he's that wide side guy. He's gonna be sometimes he stays on the line of the scrimmage to catch those balls, like you just said, or he'll run the out route to clear off the top. But uh, you know what? You, when guys go down, you gotta get production from those guys like that. The other yeah. name I want to kind of throw out there, and I know he's on the injured list. Yeah, what was what's the deal with Mary Offord? I feel like he got hurt right when they started using him on yeah. off. Is it, he coming back anytime soon? Uh, I don't know. He's on the sixth game. I'm not sure if he'll be back before the end of the year. Um, but that's where I actually wanted to go just to, to close things. Uh, special teams, uh, Cote missed two 48 yarders. I can, you know, I can live with that. I think that's uh, the ups and downs of, uh, of a full, you know, of a full season as a rookie. Um, but uh, that uh, I'm a little bit concerned. I'm not a little bit concerned. I'm a lot concerned with uh, the return game because it's just not there. They gave Absher an opportunity. Uh, he got hurt and never came back. I think after the second punt, uh, that he brought back. Uh, Quan Bray doesn't look good doing it. Greg Reed doesn't look great doing it. And I don't really want my shutdown defensive back returning kicks anyway. Darius Pickett doesn't really look good doing it. Uh, I know they brought in uh, they brought in a receiver uh, with some speed, who was with the Jets and Eagles and whatever uh, during the week. But based on what I was able to find online, uh, he's not a guy who returned kicks very often. So I don't know where they go from here. Jeff, it's a great question because that's exactly where I wanted to go with Alfred because I think to me, that's the part of the game that worries me now. They take a lot of penalties on special teams to put themselves too many. into way too, too many. many. They put themselves into bad field position uh, holes to start drives, which didn't hurt them on uh, Friday night, but it could hurt them against a good rider team. And the return game, uh, Frankie, is just is non-existent right now. It's uh, it's uh, it's actually the weak link right now. Yeah. As as promising as it looked at the beginning of the year, when it seemed each time Mario Alford touched the ball, it was either a touchdown or a, a long, long return. It is, uh, you know, if they if they're able to get four or five yards on a punt, it's 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 great. Uh, on a kickoff, they seem to get they seem to get to the thirty. But it is definitely um, it is definitely a problem, and it's 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 something that they're gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to try and uh, uh, find a solution to. And they've also gotta they, they've also gotta find a solution to those penalties because, like you said, you know, it, instead of starting at the thirty, you end up starting at the ten, at the eight, at the twelve. It's um, that's uh, that's not good. So Alfred got hurt uh, the game September the eighteenth against BC. He and Rainey both got hurt in that game. Uh, and so he's missed five. So It'll take us to the end of the month. Yeah. It's so gonna the, the Riders month, game yeah. is going to be six, but I don't know if they're going to throw him back out there. I don't know. It doesn't look, I don't know if they have a solution for this, uh, Jeff. I think taking penalty. Yeah. I don't uh, speak about Alfred a little quickly here. I would love that they were trying to get him in on offense a little bit. And then the injury just kind of imploded all the plans. Yeah. Who knows what would have happened the rest of the season with him with the ball in his hands in space. But to get back to the point about penalties, the return game is giving you nothing. And, and, and we're taking penalties, you're getting negative yards to boot yeah. after that. So you're not getting anything. It's not like you're holding with like a 50-50 shot the rest of the throw a flag because Alfred's going to run it down the sideline. It's just don't hold. Don't push anybody in the back. He's going to – Greg Reed or whoever it is, he's going to catch the ball, try and make a guy miss. He's going to go down five yards, and then you put the offense on the field. Don't make, don't make a mistake where you're backing up 15 yards, 10 yards of a dumb penalty. You're not getting anything out of – you're not getting anything anyway. So just do your job. Don't push anybody in the back. Yeah. And, uh, get the offense on the field. And out of all the names you mentioned, Joey, the, the, the guy who seems to be doing, we'll, we'll say a half decent job is Pickett. 
You know, I, I, I find Pickett, I mean, he's, he, he hasn't broken any, but at least he seems to be getting uh, positive yards. You know, he'll, he, he seems to be getting those extra few yards that the other guys aren't, uh, that aren't getting. So maybe, you know, you go with him. Yeah, I mean, I the, think it's going to be, uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be a rotation until, because uh, that's what they've been doing. They've just kind of been trying uh, different guys. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I know, I think Pickett, did he fumble? I think that was in Hamilton. He had fumbled. And since then, I mean, they've actually protected the ball uh, pretty well. But to Jeffrey's point, I mean, half the time, they're better off catching the ball and going down. Correct. And, a better and going position. down, yeah. True. Uh, in, in fairness uh, to the Owls, Mike, for a team that took a lot of stupid penalties early on in the year, uh, on offense and defense, I thought they were rather disciplined for most of the game, and that's a welcome change. Yeah, I think the coaching staff really did a good job addressing that because it did cost us games early on in the season. Uh, I can remember at Calgary uh, at the beginning of the season, those penalties at the end were really, uh, really cost us the win. What did we uh, What did we finish uh, penalty wise, guys? On uh, Friday, I know it was like thirty five at one point. So it's it's Mike, like we'll say yeah. fifty. Yeah, we'll I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you right now. Yep. But Mike, finish your thought. I'll look up the uh, I'll look up the stat. Yeah, exactly. So I think the coaching staff did a very good job addressing the uh, discipline issues. You know, especially from our DBs. Uh, our DBs, I think they they understood the task that we're trying to win games, we're trying to win championships here, and uh, they really. Uh, not so much taken away from uh, their attitude towards uh, making great plays, which is awesome, but they really calmed down uh, after the whistle and, and creating those issues, giving us those bad flags. Yeah, you were right there, Dad. It's uh, six for 51. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. Six, for, six for 51. They had uh, uh, three penalties for 21 yards on defense, and then they had three penalties for 30 yards on special teams. The, special offense, teams. the offense didn't have, uh, to Mikey's point about the offensive line, uh, the offensive line uh, didn't hold. Uh, there was no hands to the face on the Alouettes up front. Uh, the receivers didn't jump offside. No time count. So uh, that's uh, that's something else to uh, to keep in mind. Offensively, they did not take a single penalty uh, on offense, which is uh, which is pretty telling, guys. So there's no good. excuse for special teams penalties, in my opinion. There's just no excuse. But it's I, it's I gonna happen. A hold is gonna happen here. It's gonna happen, time. but I think the like on offense holding, okay, it's gonna happen offside, a procedure, whatever it is. But on special teams, I just I feel like special teams penalties has always been an issue with the Alouettes. And at one point they had fixed it a few years ago, and I guess it's creeping back. But uh, I'm sure they'll try and nip it in the bud moving forward, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, it's been fun. This was uh, episode number one. I felt nice. like we had to do it. Uh, because uh, the Owls took over first place after a two and four start, so uh, we'll see if they can uh, if they can hang on to it, and uh, we'll uh, let's record the next one uh, next Sunday, and uh, we'll have it come out uh, every Monday between now and the end of the season. And who knows, maybe we uh, we do one all the way through a Great Cup, and the Alouettes win a Great Cup because the East is uh, pretty wide open. Thanks a lot, Joey. This Thank was you, uh, this was a blast, actually. Uh, dream come true for me. I get to uh, get to do a podcast with. Uh, my uh, my favorite Regina son. boys, my yeah. Regina boys, <laughs> your second favorite child, and your, your favorite nephew. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, get the shots in. Yeah, that's it. All right, guys, uh, it was fun. Subscribe if you're listening and you enjoyed the content. Subscribe, five one four sports on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And again, uh, every Monday uh, we will come out with a uh, Montreal Alouettes recap, and uh, we'll preview uh, the week ahead. Have a great week everybody and uh, we'll see you at Molson Stadium on Saturday as the Owls take on the Rough Riders.